You were living your life, climbing the ladder and carving out a career for yourself. You had big plans and big ideas. And then you had a baby and everything changed. Just like that. All of it came to a screeching halt. Maybe you kept working or maybe you stayed home. Either way, your world suddenly became very small. And though you were never alone, you were always lonely. You silently asked yourself, where did I go? Who is that tired looking woman staring back at me in the mirror? Until you remembered something very important. You aren't just a mother. You are a mother plus artist, a mother plus entrepreneur, a mother plus musician, a mother plus yogi. You can have an identity outside of motherhood. My name is Stacy Hudson. I'm a mother to two under four plus writer, certified health coach, aspiring entrepreneur, and athlete. My name is Stephanie Springer. I'm a mother to 10 and 15 year old girls, plus writer, music therapist, producer, singer, and teacher. Here, we will interview mom bosses, entrepreneurs, artists, athletes, and passionate hobbyists and talk about how to find the thing that lights you up again. You're in there. We know it. You just have to find her again. Welcome Welcome to to the Mother Plus Podcast. Hi, everybody. If you are a regular listener of the podcast, then you may have noticed that we have not been as consistent with our episodes and have not been publishing every Monday as we usually do. And though my initial reaction was to have a tiny heart attack that we aren't staying consistent and that our listeners can no longer rely on us and that the world was going to end, I've since taken a step back and realized we needed to give ourselves a little grace. It's summer break right now for our kids and I no longer have the precious nap time window because my older daughter doesn't nap. And Steph has two kids that are way beyond napping, and she's wholeheartedly embracing her summer with them. Long story short, we will not be as consistent with our episodes during the summer break months, but we're still here. We're not going anywhere. And come September, it's on. Please enjoy part two of our two-part episode with Mother Plus comedian Lisa Lane as she talks about finding herself again after a long, long road of parenting through the tumultuous teenage years. Enjoy. I I tell jokes now for a living and that's my main, that's my main jam now. And sometimes I tell nasty jokes and it's really, really fun. And sometimes there are women, often there are women in the audience who, women only, who come up and say, thank you. Like that, I have been told this this shit is empowering for women. I'm like, really? My dick jokes? Okay. Um, but of course it is. Of course it is because there's a loudmouth woman not being afraid. The first time that I did that, the first time that I actually transitioned to telling dirty jokes on stage at a place where I knew that like the public would actually be there and I, I, I can't control it and I can't look at, you know, comedy works downtown, whatever. My my former priest might be there. People I taught high, Catholic high school with. The, and this has happened, all of it. Now we're getting to the point of uh, my children friends like I get hey you were great do you remember I don't know if you remember me at some middle school with your son (laughs) Um, (laughs) on some advice from a very young friend and creative collaborator of mine he said the two people you need permission from in the world are your boys so literally before I went and told my first dirty set at Comedy Works Denver I, I got permission from my two boys both of whom in their early 20s went yeah, mom, what, 
what would we expect? You know, like, yeah, sure, whatever. Do you want to hear my my, my worst jokes? No, they do not. No, right, they right, right. super don't. And that's great. And I don't put, mostly to protect them, I don't put my dirtiest stuff, which sometimes I think is my funniest stuff, I don't put it on the internet, which is hilarious because what I do put is stuff, me trash talking my kids. Right, they're cool with that though. They are because they also know that it's a construct. And and it's very funny. Yeah. My one son who lives in this country, whose friends do look it up and kind of, hey, so your mom's comedy. She talks a lot of smack about you. And he just goes, yeah, uh, it's, you know, it's a character she plays on stage. And he, he just told me last night, he said, I always say, no, she's not talking about me. She's talking about my brother. That's my brother. Right? That's a difficult one. How old were they when you started? Comedy? You, yeah. When did you start? Um, I started in like six years ago. So they were teenagers. They were in high school. The first thing I started doing is the cheapest, cheapest joke. It's so stupid. And I would just say, Hey, you know, how's everybody doing? I'm having kind of a bad day. Uh, my ex-husband is just being such a dick. And that's so ironic because he has such a small dick. <laughs> I mean, that is so cheap and so stupid and not even necessarily true, but it was just like, <laughs> Oh, that feels really good. <laughs> and then I said for a long time when I was single, I said stand-up comedy is my boyfriend um, and it's the greatest boyfriend. He's not going to pressure me to show up, thrilled to see me when I come, uh, thrilled to see me if I show up, happy, but not going to give me a hard time if I take a night off from seeing him. Um, always makes me feel pretty good about myself. I learn a lot about myself. And also I was still in that phase of just every single three minute, my such anxiety, you know, that um, I said and I, like, like that, like that release of, all the pressure and anxiety. So I was, I sleep really well at the end of the night. So good day, good date, stand-up comedy. Thanks for being my boyfriend. Um, and then honestly, then it became like, oh, well, stand-up comedy is a way to meet boyfriends. <laughs> I mean, then it was like, you know, I got that kind of attention of, like I said, I wanted to be seen. I wanted to be seen. And, and it was, and, and then learning the power of it, which I always knew from performing. I mean, I was performing my whole life. Just give me a microphone, you know. I do announcing and emceeing and all that, but doing it with like my own story and my own jokes, and 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 realizing I could be good at this, and yeah, the power, the power of even feeling very attractive, yeah. you know. And at age fifty, because ugh, it's like, who wants to look at this old thing? Do you feel like this was the point where you sort of had that like I've gotten myself back yeah, moment? 100%. Yep. Yeah. There were little bits yeah. along the way, of course, you know, where, like I said, when I started doing pottery again, when my kids were in middle school, just like, oh, I've got an outlet. And then I realized I really, really used that outlet to tune out from my family <laughs> because I haven't done pottery now for the past six months. I haven't even touched clay. That was a survival. So yeah. realizing that when my kids were adolescents, realizing that I needed a creative outlet and fighting for it, as I said, and, and just sort of like, I will take a class at the community center. Yeah, I need to make, I need to did make. Did you I need feel some guilty doing life. that or yes. did you feel you did? Yeah, I mean, because- Guilty that, and always was looking for a way to monetize it, which is bullshit. We've, this is one of the yeah. evergreen conversations we have yep. because like my motto is, as you've heard me say a thousand times, probably feel the guilt and do it anyway. Yes, like, I love there, that. There are very few people that I feel like I don't even know, have, have enough what, I don't even know what it would be to just be like unabashedly, unapologetically, because they think it's been beaten down to us that I think even the strongest, fieriest, most colorful, creative, self-possessed woman still has that flicker of, oh shit, I shouldn't be doing this because this doesn't directly support or benefit my family. It's a me yep. thing. 
hundred percent. And I went to and found, tried to find like various places who would help me, you know, like I went to a witch doctor, I called him who would say that like your homework is to go home and just do pottery. For example, it just brings you joy. And that was helpful. I like the concept. I heard it and I, I couldn't do it. I, I feel it's, it's so empowering though, even though you said you felt the guilt, you weren't being your full self, but you were doing better than I think a lot of women out there who still just hold it all in and are 100% mommy or 100% wife. Like you, your body, like literally, like you said in the beginning, it couldn't hold it in no matter how hard you tried. So little bits would just spurt out, but they were probably the baby steps that you were taking to lead you to the point where you found yourself again. I think that's right. And I think that, like I said, I had no self-awareness about it. I, I really, I really love this podcast and, and others in this space, right? Where there is this awareness and there's the acknowledgement, how much joy did I really have that was without guilt? This is a, this is a slippery slope. This is such a delicate, delicate balancing act because there's always been the sort of moms who are opposite, right? Who The opposite of full mommy, right? And I really did see it, especially when, during the teenage years where, again, that kid is being a jerk to me. They don't seem to want anything to do with me. So I'm moms who drink wine kind of vibe. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, woo, yeah. we're just over here partying. We don't have to watch our kids in the pool every single minute because we know they're not going to drown. So now we're not going to watch them at all. So yes, you've got to take it. I mean, of course you have to find those things and find them as much as you can when the kids are younger and own them and claim them and get the support from the moms around you who are saying, yes, go for it. Because I'm telling you, you're going to need like those reserves when adolescents hit. And sometimes it hits at 10 and sometimes it goes until 26. You know what I mean? You never know. Adolescence is the greatest disruption. Yeah, it is. And our episode that that aired today is about me advocating for my teenager during a friendship and mental health school crisis this year. And if I hadn't gotten to the point where now I feel like the twinges of guilt I feel are just like irritating gnats. I swat away. Like I, I don't really truly feel any deep conflict anymore about pursuing what makes me happy. Like I feel like I, and I honestly, I haven't really reflected on that until this moment. I actually think God damn, I've really integrated this to where everyone in the family knows mm-hmm. nobody's given me any shit. Mm-hmm. This is, what the, and, and if I didn't have this going through the last four months with my, I would be fucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I already feel a little bit, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not super duper thriving right now, but oh my God, if I wasn't pursuing the things that I loved, I don't even know where I would be right now in this mess. I, I don't even yeah. know. So, yeah. And I think we hear that through the listen to your mother here and there, there's people who go, this is the first time I've been on a stage and I used to be in a college actor, you know, that kind of thing. When I put my hands in clay, it was 15 years since I had done that. And that was something I was good at and valued and was known for back in college, you know? My friends have gone back to dance. They've gone back to art. Yeah. And they're like, how did I go so long without it? How did I go so long? I know. So you are right. The, the fact that you are integrated and Stacy, are you also doing a good job of that? Uh, I, I could do better, but I feel like I'm trying. I mean, listen to your mother for me. Uh, I didn't have the performance 
background you did, but I always had an interest in it. I, I took all the acting classes without ever actually performing oh, yeah. in a play. <laughs> so doing listen to your mother, you know, I told my husband once, as soon as I saw him, when I stepped off stages, like I felt like I was flying and I cannot oh. believe that it's taken me this long to get back up there again. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a work in progress. Like this This podcast has been the most therapeutic thing for me. Huge idea with two toddlers. Like I, you're doing great. And you know, what's right around the corner is even more time where you actually can. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the corner. That is true. And you do get that time. Even having a self-awareness of it is a huge step, right? Because before I did this podcast, I didn't, you know, I just thought this is the way it had to be. And once I met Steph on that fateful day in the coffee shop, and we (laughs) talked about how we had the same ideas and thoughts about motherhood. And I realized I wasn't alone. And it was likely that we weren't the only two people on earth who felt that way. And then when we brought it to an audience and they were like, yes, yes, yes. Just just knowing that it's out there and that totally, other people, totally right. you know what I mean? It, yes. it just, it totally shifts. I could be doing absolutely nothing for myself, but it's different now because yeah. I know that I am more than just a mother. Well, and I'll tell you something, like I said, going through this divorce recovery class at that time, one of the things they said was, you know, one self-care activity a day. And at that time it was like, even if it's just like you're exhausted, just take a bath. Cause I was in that grief and I was walking around and I mean, come on, I would see happy little families shopping for back to school supplies at Target and it would break down. Like I failed, I failed. I, you know, I couldn't believe that I am a divorced mother of two. Um, and those little self-care activities. Well, yeah, right. So Everyone should be doing those all the time. And it really is. If it's 10 minutes, you do it. And again, I tried. I always did yoga every day of my life. You know what I mean? I've always done meditation, but I think I didn't. I think the awareness of it. And like you're saying, Stacey, even to be aware at this earlier stage of your parenting that you need to claim that. And that's all that is. I need some time to myself. Like I said, I thought there was something wrong with me for a lot of years. I of course, manifested in physical issues because it does when you're holding in all of that stuff. And I didn't, and I didn't have, I didn't have the supportive partner that, and again, whatever, did I not ask for what I wanted well enough? Probably. Did I not, did I not insist on, we be on the same page? I, you know, my feeling, my take on it is, well, I tried, I did everything. I was trying as hard as I could. It's hard to be married enough for two people, that kind of thing. But that's also not, true. That's not his side of the story. And, and he was a good father in many ways. And we were both just doing the best we could, but it was still undeniably easier. My husband was a golfer. Okay. My ex-husband was a golfer. It was easy for, he very naturally took that time. It was not a thought in his head. Right. Oh, you hear that. That's so common. Yeah. That's so common, right. That he would not do his, I, I will, I want to say something else too, that just came flashing back to me when both of you were talking I very distinctly remember when my kids were, let's say still elementary school and like becoming aware. And I was part of a mom's group. So, you know, that sort of, you need to take some time for yourself. I remember the very, very scary feeling of going, if I had a day to myself right now where I could do anything I want, I don't know what that is anymore. Mm. Oh yeah. That is uh, heartbreaking. I think that is maybe the that's sort of the distillation of our mission here is Mm -hmm. to have fewer moms who wake up one day and go, Oh my God, what would I even do if I could do 
Yep. Who where is she? I love that you say that. Like I said, where is she? You can find her again. I lived a lot of years like that. I didn't know enough to claim this. I need this podcast. I need this. I need it. Like I said, later after some difficult times though, is when I claimed I need to put my hands in clay. I need to make, I need to make something. And like we were talking about the creativity comes out, you know, I, 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 helped create the re-established whatever it was the Shakespeare club at the middle school you know what I mean and they couldn't have had a cooler Shakespeare teacher and taken them down to do the Shakespeare stuff this Denver public school you know so I mean you you naturally along with mothering some of those creative skills get to come out and, and you feel it you know those especially when your kids are accepting of those things and you go uh, my kids will have uh, the best Shakespearean whatever it is because this is what I can bring some of their friends have parents who are doctors and, you know, lawyers and whatever can do other things. This is what this mom can do. I mean, there was also that thing. I love, I could talk to you girls for eight hours, but I love when you talk about like, why is motherhood so extra? Because also my thing was like, I was not free range mom, but like obviously let them do their own stuff. Fourth grade, my, my son's fourth grade science project at a Montessori school was sent back home with really, Augie, can't you do better than this? And I, it was clear, I had let this child do it himself. And it was ugly, but it was a real experience. And it was just like, it was, and they wanted a nice display board. I don't exactly know what was happening in that particular instance. Because then I went, oh, oh, it's on motherfuckers. Oh, do <laughs> you want, do you want a pretty display board? Oh, and then like we won every science fair after that through eighth grade, because I was like, all right, you, I will bring out those skills bitch but I thought it was his deal (laughs) well but you know what I love what you said that's what this mom can do yeah like that should be all of our motto um no that's not for me that's this is what this mom can do for real and you've talked about it in that like not feeling like uh, the mothers who get so extra about throwing the you know celebrating every moment of their life with Pinterest worthy if that is your and I know I know moms it really does make them happy to stage an elf on the shelf scene every night that clearly takes three hours of their time. I mean, that's a little, sorry, that's psycho to me. Do you know where I wrote about this in my book? Do you know one of the moments I realized I was not gonna be the mom I thought I was gonna be because I was just too exhausted is at the time, oh, two things, the certain plastic water bottles were not cool. You weren't supposed to get those BP, whatever. And I remember going, "I, I don't, I don't have fucking time for that. I don't, I'm not replacing all the water bottles. And also a water bottle situation. There was a new ice maker that, you know, it was tubular ice and you could fill up that ice maker and then your kids could have their sports water bottle. And my boys did play sports very heavily. And so, you know, you could have this cool water, ice water. And I went, yeah, my boys will drink tepid water. I can see that right now that I'm losing this mom because yeah. that mom tepid, like shitty tap water in a in a plastic yep. leaching yep yeah they're doing it do you know, bento box parents do you know that shit are you bento box no, I, no, I, I, it's I beautiful i wish like that is that is a like honestly that is a level of living i wish i was there i do it now when i pack a picnic for myself because i have time i make it pretty oh god you have time yeah. yeah so those i remember that moment though with the water bottle going uh-huh. Interesting. All these other mothers have these tubular shaped ice and their kids. Yep. I am 
Okay. Well, so like you said, you choose what's for you and you go, this is where I am good. I, I had a friend who was a costumer in, in a theater and her kids, you know, their Halloween costumes. She was like, uh, yeah, they will have a fully decked out Halloween costume because that's what this mom can do. So the, the long story, which I didn't make that short is that in my fifties, I did what I was always want to do and I, I always did it. I did it naturally, even though I didn't know how much it was serving me, which is to find the funny because gosh darn it, if we don't laugh, we're going to cry. Life is hard, but worth it. Like I tell kids. And I also saw enough. We lost enough of the young kids that I taught that, that this is serious. We are saving lives and families by staying vigilant during adolescence. And now I lean more towards finding the funny ways to do that. I always start any workshop or lecture or anything I do that's more on the serious side. And so I'll end it with, with us here is by saying, I have to make this very clear. I love teenagers. I love them so much. I love them because they are full of hope, even despite themselves, even when they, their identities are forming and they're so confused, but they're so full of hope. They believe they can change the world and they believe and think like that because they're stupid. Their frontal <laughs> lobes have not formed yet. You know, we we can get them there. And I do love teenagers. I love them so much. I don't want to save them. And it's very important that you hear me say that because I talk so much shit about them because they're funny and they're gross and their bodies are gross and the things they do are scary. And if we don't laugh, we will cry. And I really feel that it's important to look it straight in the eye as our kids become teenager and see what is going on, especially in this crazy world, right? This was a fantastic conversation. I know other people listening are going to want to, if you're in the Denver area, go see you on stage for sure, or read one of your books. Please tell us all the places we can find you. Yeah, the number one place to find me is beyondmamabear.com. That's my website. You can find my upcoming comedy shows. I keep it pretty well updated. You can find my books. Both are on Amazon, of course. One is Beyond Mama Bear. It is a real book, like I have mentioned, with real research on how to survive the balancing act of parenting teenagers. It is frank and funny. It is full of actual advice. It is um, it's a, it's a real easy read. And again, it's structured around those role models and my belief that we need to know what's going on with our kids. We need to really know them. We need to see who they really are. We need to know if they are in trouble because often they are. And, and if they are in trouble, then, and only then we must step in to protect them and we must honor their journey toward adulthood. And that, so that's the more serious book. Again, there there are lighthearted moments in it, but it is life-affirming and joyful, but also it is a cautionary tale. And then the second one, the book is called Teenagers Suck and it is a joke book. It's like a baby book, but instead of recording baby's first steps, it's baby's first misdemeanor. And the first time he disowned me in public. And here's (laughs) where you can store the first bad report card and ways he embarrassed his... So ways he ruined his own birthday party outfits he wore that will embarrass him someday. It's a really funny book. It's on Amazon. It's called teenagers suck a memory book for the awkward and awful years. And it's like actually a great gift. I have a friend who bought a dozen of them and she keeps them in her car. And like, if she sees a mom in car line, who's just having like the worst day with her 12 year old, she's like, here, this is a really funny book. So that's where you can find me. Come see me Denver Boulder coming up and uh, oh man, I have some oh, on the horizon in New Mexico and Sweet. Southern Colorado. So yeah, check it out on that website and nice. buy my books, give them to your friends and hang in there, parents. You know what? you got this. We all shine on. It is hard, but it is worth it. Our kids are worth it. Thank you, Lisa. 
Thank this you. It's been awesome. I can't wait to hear this episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mother Plus podcast. We've been getting your reviews, DMs, Instagram comments, and texts, and we have been dying for a way to connect with you all on a regular basis. If you want more from us, we invite you all to meet the Mother Plus newsletter, where we will send you the latest episode, upcoming events, calls for new guests and ideas, and upcoming course offerings. You just have to visit our website at www.motherplusser.com and click on newsletter to sign up. And at the risk of asking too much of you, we'd also love a review. Gotta ask for what you want, right? We love you all so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We'll chat again next week. Bye.